It's the old radio comedy podcast. Welcome to episode 60 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast, where we celebrate the classic comedy shows from the golden age of radio. I'm Greg Fordyce. I hope everyone had a great weekend and managed to keep their sanity. It is a crazy world we're living in right now. I actually lost my marbles years ago. I've received several very cool messages from listeners over the past week who enjoyed the July 6th podcast, where we brought you two episodes of the Comedy Kingdom a very early comedy variety program from 1937. So, in that same vein, I thought I'd delve a bit further back and feature one of the earliest known comedy variety programs in radio, a show called Comedy Capers, that's spelled K-O-M-E-D-I-E-K-A-P-E-R-S, from 1934. Aside from only a few other early radio shows, this lesser-known program was one of the early pioneers of variety comedy shows, and it featured Bob Burns in many of the programs, as well as a few other regulars in comedy sketches, as well as guest singers and musicians for the musical numbers. Each program was 15 minutes long, so today we're bringing you two episodes back-to-back. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this glimpse into the very earliest part of the golden age of radio, right after this. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. Epics is the Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX is the Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. of Comedy Capers, the tabloid musical comedy of the air. Just lean back and relax and enjoy the show, if it isn't too much trouble. And speaking of trouble, we all have it. It's like a comb and brush, always in your hair. 
But trouble makes the world go round. The only trouble being that the world has been going around so fast, everyone is dizzy. The trouble with trouble is that it's so much trouble. But hi-ho, lackaday, here we go for 15 minutes of untroubled trouble, and it's no trouble at all. Troublemaker on our troublesome show is Jean Cowan, and it's no trouble at all to hear her sing. You just listen, and there she is, and it's even less trouble to look at her. Trouble, trouble, I've had it all my day. Trouble, I've had it all my day. And it just looks like trouble Will follow me right to my grave The other evening as I sat reminiscing Just sort of thinking of the things that I've been missing Thinking of bygone days I ask the reason why don't those old Trouble, trouble, stay away from me. Trouble, trouble, why don't you let me be? It seems in times like these, when we're having so much fun, You've always got a buddy in With bills, divorces, such silly things You make my life chagrin Why, I can't see what good there can be In plugging all the time I'm too young to waste my On business, it's a crime I find there's trouble Trouble And they offer friends of despondency Trouble Please stay away For 
from me. That was uh, little Jean Cowan singing a song that was almost as beautiful as herself. Say, who let that youngster in here anyway? Uh-oh. Elvia Allman presenting Mother and Junior. Junior, Mother wants you to recite little Jack Horner for Mrs. Dickerman. <laughs> All right, I guess Peter's sick, Mrs. Dickerman. All right, then. Recite it, dear. Or she'll go home and tell a little boy you can't talk, won't you, Mrs. Dickerman? <laughs> come on, now. That's a good boy. Yes, you can have a lime drop after you finish. Now, come on. <laughs> little? Little? Why, you do so, Peter. Little who? Little Jack? You're just being stubborn. <laughs> You're just being stubborn, Mrs. Dickerman. <laughs> little Jack Horner did what? Did? You know, just as well as I do, he didn't sit on a tuffet. <laughs> All right, are you going to recite it? Do you want to go straight to bed without any supper? All right, then. Little Jack Horner, there. Well, we'll let Dr. Carey come over and give him a great big dose of castor oil. <laughs> little Jack Horner. Little Jack Horner, what in a what? <laughs> no, you can't have a line drop until you've finished. All right. Uh, little Jack Horner sat in his car, car, car. Do you want Mother to take your dump truck away, Junior? <laughs> All right. Come out from behind that curtain and finish it for Mrs. Dickerman. All right, I'll get you started now. Little Jack Horner sat in the corner eating his Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> Say it so Mrs. Dickerman can hear it, darling. Yes, I'll help you now. He put in his thumb and pulled out a... Not spider! <laughs> He's confused it with little Miss Dickerman. I mean, little Miss Moffat. I... Oh, well, I'll give him a hint and see if he can finish it now. Take your finger out of your mouth, darling. <laughs> pulled out a plum and said what a good... Good? What? Can't you say am I? Well, say it. <laughs> there. Don't you think that's pretty good for only five years old? Well, I'd say it was pretty good even if he was 50 years old. And now the three stars will go to all the trouble of singing a song about trouble, and it is not the wedding march. I do with you on my mind, dear, the hours will fly, for I'll have your love to remember you by. I wish you good luck, sweetheart, in all that you do, and listen, if you need me, why, I'll see you through. I'll be forsaking all others till we meet again, but good luck, sweetheart, to you. This is the ending, soon we must part, must part. It was too good to last, sweetheart, what a pity, no use pretending, my dreams are through, bum, bum. still I keep thinking, thinking of you, of you, my darling, good luck, sweetheart, wherever you go, oh, my heart's with you, for I love you so, with Sweetheart, in all that you do, you know that if you need me, 
Why, I'll see you through Forsaking all others Till we meet again Good luck, dear, I love you Good luck, thinking of you Good luck, sweetheart And that was the three stars No relation to Mr. Hennessy But the worst trouble is yet to come Clark and Cleary the two-man stock company presenting the Gilded Lily Guild, a stock company direct from the stockyards. <laughs> <laughs> take care, take, take care, care. Beware, 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 Clark and Clary around the air. Trouble started, ladies and gentlemen, with Adam and Eve. We dramatized for you a true incident in their lives. Adam and Eve have lost their home in the Garden of Eden, and as our scene opens, we find Adam and his ball and chain talking it over. Well, Eve, you certainly got us in a nice mess. Oh, don't be silly. Whoever heard of so much fuss over one lousy little apple? I... I told you it was forbidden fruit. Yes, and the next breath they tell you to eat an apple a day. Well, what are we going to do about what it? What are we going to do about it? You're the man of the family. It's up to you to get some kind of a job and make a home and support me. Yeah, what's the matter with you? You're no cripple. Why don't you get a job? There you are. You're just like all the rest. I knew when I bit into that apple the honeymoon was over. <laughs> Listen, honey. Why, honey, I didn't mean anything. Why, I... Oh, no, you'd never mean anything. A girl gives a man the best years of her life, and then what happens? Oh, Eve, please, please, I was only fooling. Oh, I didn't... yeah? I've been sweetheart, wife, and mother to you, and what do I get for it? Nothing but abuse. I wish I had a mother to go home to. For two cents, I'd pack every fig leaf I own and get out of here. I bet there's another woman around here that I don't know anything about. Oh, shut up. Go ahead, strike me, you big bully. There's the mailman. See what it is. Yes, dear. Well, what is it? Well, give me time, will you? Give me time. Well, don't stand there gawking. Read it. Who's it from? Well, it's it's from a real estate agent. It says... Oh, these glasses. It says... Let me see. Oh, I'll... give it to me. You're getting blinder than a bat. Let's see. Mr. Adam W. Adam, dear sir, understand you are in the market for a new home. Have some very choice listings and will be pleased to show them at your convenience. Signed, Gregory Greenberg. Greenberg? Yeah. Must be one of them Phoenicians. Well, I'll run down and see what he's got. And listen, if that guy hasn't got an NRA sign in his window, don't do business with him. Okay, dear. When I bring the stuff for supper, shall I bring some nice apples? Oh, I could smash you. In our next scene, we find Eve in the garden, softly singing as she awaits Adam's return from the real estate agent's office. Oh, tis you. No, no, nobody knows how oats, peas, beans, and barley grow. Hi there, little Eve. How's the first lady of the land? Okie doke. How's my little apple knocker? Did you find a place, honey? Honey, I found the keenest house. It's on the back of a lot. But it's got everything. Tile, bath, and shower, stationary tubs, a beautiful kitchen, and something else. I bet you can't guess. Yes, let me think now. Oh, I give up. Electric refrigeration. You'll never get me to move into that joint. Why not, sugar? What? Me stay home all day and no ice, man? <laughs> Which reminds me of the man who found the Iceman kissing his wife. He bought an electric refrigerator, then discovered she was friendly with a milkman. He bought a cow and then found her making eyes at the man who delivered coal. The husband is now trying to buy a mine. Well, even trouble must end. So now the comedy capers conclude their program dedicated to trouble. But we'll be back with you soon, and remember... Trouble can only get so bad, then it gets worse.
is Tom Post. <laughs> well, here we are, smiling and grinning all over the place, for this edition of Comedy Capers is dedicated to that chuckling personality, the optimist. Without him, no luncheon club would be complete, and Pollyanna would never have been written. If all the optimists in the world were laid end to end, it would be because they had laughed themselves to death. Anyway, let's all be optimists, and here we go, smiling merrily all the while. Optimistic days are here again, and to prove it, Tony Caroni will get cheerful for you. Tony Caroni may look like a fascisty black shirt, but uh, he'll send it to the laundry tomorrow. Tony Caroni, brother of Macaroni. That's all right. That's all right for me. I'm just supposed to speak in a microscope here. 
That's right. All right. Well, the lady and gent, I don't want to say too much, but I'm going to tell you what's the matter with the country. That's all right. You see, I got a vicious thought, and I got the business for the long time. About the five years ago, I make it a big dough, just like all of the people as I do before. And my wife, Marie, she's a get it a new hat. That's all right. I don't care. And my little Rosie, she's a buy the new dress. I don't care, too. <laughs> so all right. Plenty prosperity is a jump on me. Everything is all right. But nowadays, the people is a no eat of the fish. What's the matter? You no eat of the fish. <laughs> uh, they, they, uh, if you eat of the salmon, that's good for your liver. It to make your liver dance. <laughs> and uh, what I say now is eat of the alabot, eat of the salmon, eat of the mackerel, eat of the barracuda. Go on, eat of the fish. <laughs> and if you eat of the fish, that's going to make you feel good. And if you feel good, you're going to look good. And if you look good, the man is going to catch the wife, and the wife, she's going to catch the husband, and I'm going to catch the fish. <laughs> but what's the matter? Nobody is eating the fish. That's what's the matter with the country. <laughs> Okay, Tony, I'll order a can of sardines right away and find out if Tony Caroni is right. And now, the Foster Trio, three incurable optimists. They once followed the advice, let a smile be your umbrella, and they all came down with a cold, the Foster Trio. Telling it to the daisy, take me where the daisies cover the country lane. We'll make hay while the sun shines. We'll make love when it rains. Take me where the songbirds thrill you with sweet refrains. We'll make hay while the sun shines. We'll make love when it rains. From the hustle and the bustle of the city, we'll become a pair of country folks. In a little cottage sitting pretty, we'll be Mr. and Mrs. Dokes. Take me where the daisy covers the country lane. We'll make hay while the sun shines. We'll make love when it rains. Telling it to the daisy. Take me where the daisies who cover the country lane who walk. We'll make hay while the sun shines. We'll make love when it's low. Take me where the songbirds thrill you with sweet refrain. We'll make hay while the sun shines. We'll make love when it rains. From hum and hum of the old big buddy, we'll become a pair of in little cottages, mighty pretty, we'll be Mr. and Mrs. Dokes. Take me where the daisies who cover the country lane wall. We'll make hay while the sun shines. We'll make love when it was low, low when it Ah, who wouldn't be an optimist after hearing the Foster Trio? Thank you, thank you, girls. But hark, the dragon roars. China speaks. The mystic curtains are pulled aside, and from the land of love, lotus, and laundries come the great Chinese sage and philosopher, Professor Charlie Lip Luen Lung. 
the great long speaks. What my wife said is tongue for gala tongue that tongue that the tongue I say, Professor, will you translate that into English, please? Oh, your Tony English? Yes. Your Confucius, he say, the bright light of Broadway may dazzle, but it is the moonshine that blinds. <laughs> <laughs> well, Professor Lung, I understand the Chinese uh, have quite large families. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, how many children have you? Oh, oh small child? Yes, you know, little babies. Oh, yeah, small man, man child, come girl child? Yes, man yeah, and girl. I, I say, come wet, I don't listen to Bobo Gunna. How many? I think it's all, I think it's all maybe uh, 20 fly, 20 slick. Well, goodness gracious, don't you know? 25 or 26, how many have you? Oh, yeah, but you said, I know been in the home since last Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I'll bet this stork has walked in and out of your house many a time, huh? Oh, yeah, you said, he walked in so many times and out, now he looking like duck. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's, let's uh, take another branch of the family. Uh, take your mother-in-law. No, no, you take it. I don't want it. <laughs> no, thanks. I have one. <laughs> well, uh... Uh, how many brothers have you? Oh, brother? Uh-huh. Oh, here comes the Chankawele from Guelemakadu. Oh, how many? Okay, yeah, I got the uh, three living and two married. Oh, two married? <laughs> uh, Professor Lung, I know you're joking. Why, everybody knows that the Chinese are the most happy married people in the world. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have a Chinese married people? Yes. Oh, he very much in love. Yes. So you have my brother, Sam Lung? Yes, I know Sam. He so does not under, yes. You know him? Yes. He come now, he married a 35 year. Married 35 years? No, he stay home every night for 35 years. He no go out. He stay with his wife. You mean to say that your brother spent every evening at home with his wife for 35 years? Yeah. Oh, oh that's what I call love. Yeah, but the doctor, he call it paralysis. We certainly sympathize with him. <laughs> and now listen, Professor, what caused your hurried trip over here to the States and to Los Angeles this last time? Oh, your, your trip? Yes. Oh, you sorry, I catch a letter. He come from my most high-born wife in Hollywood. Uh-huh. She say, uh, she like him more money? Yeah. You sorry? Oh, I say every sure. <laughs> When I get a letter, see, uh-huh. I know near blank. No You're... bank. Oh, you, you, when you get the letter, you're not near the bank. So no. what did you do? Oh, so I send the nice love letter. Yeah. And the check is for 1,000 kisses. A check for 1,000 kisses and no. a love letter. No. Ah, that's <laughs> mighty nice, Charlie. But uh, why should that cause you to rush over here to the States so quickly? Oh, you sir, I get another letter from my wife. And she's a very smart American ice man. He cashes your check. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Lung is right, and as the laundryman says, such is life, there is no soap, and to prove it optimist though we are, we present Bill Ozark, the young man of the mountains, the original slow brain through Arkansas, Bill Ozark. Well, uh, Tom, I don't, uh, I'm not going to light this cigar up Well, here. it's a pretty good-looking cigar you have. What kind is it? I don't know, Tom. It was burned down past the band when I got oh, it. Was... <laughs> <laughs> I think... You know, though, sometimes I would give my right arm for a good cigar. Well, I almost lost three fingers getting this one. <laughs> well, don't get discouraged. Be an optimist. Things are starting to pick up. Say, how are things at home? Well, things ain't so good, Tom. Huh? Huh? You know, that rich uncle of mine has been pretty sick. Oh, we had to call the doctor again today. Well, did the doctor give you any hopes? No, he didn't. He said the old man's liable to linger for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, how's your wife? <laughs> well, my wife's kind of unsettled. She caught a burglar trying to sneak in the house last night. 
Well, uh, is the burglar in jail now? No, he ain't. He's in the hospital. Uh-oh. My wife thought it was me coming home. <laughs> Your wife must be pretty husky. Is she, uh, she a big woman? Well, Tom, I don't like to say, you know, we had an argument the other day because I said something about her size. Uh, that's wrong. You should never tell a woman she is fat. Well, I didn't tell her she is fat. She was standing out in the yard, and when it started to rain, I just told her to come in the house and let it rain on the lawn. <laughs> Boy, she must be big. <laughs> yeah, she, she's pretty big, Tom. She went swimming in the ocean one time. She got out pretty far, and along come one of them whaling boats. And you know, they shot nine harpoons in her before they found out who she was. <laughs> Boy, I bet that made her sore. Yeah, it did. Made her pretty sore in nine places. Uh, Tom, uh, I'm going to ask you here. Don't you think this cigar makes me look like a politician? Well, yes, you do look like a politician. You know, you got a pull around here. Wonder if you could get me a job as a politician. Well, uh, I don't know. You know, I'll bet you don't even know the difference between capital and labor. Well, I can't explain it exactly, but uh, can't tell you the difference, but... Listen, I can show you the difference. Have you got a dollar on your tongue? Well, I think just about, yeah. Yeah, here it is. <laughs> One dollar, that's yeah. yours. Yeah, well, now, uh, now when you lend me this dollar, Tom, that's yeah. capital, ain't it? Yeah. Well, when you get it back, that'll be labor. Oh, fuck! <laughs> Well, Bill Ozark says everyone in Arkansas is an optimist. In fact, he says Arkansas leads the world in everything. Why, they even had the Depression 20 years too soon. <laughs> well, it's been a grand meeting of the optimists, but the meeting is over now. The comedy capers must leave, but we'll be back again soon. And remember, smile and the world smiles with you. Frown and you've got a mother-in-law. Those were the third and fourth broadcasts from 1934 of Comedy Capers, one of the earliest known comedy variety programs in radio. I hope you enjoyed them. Be sure to tune in on Wednesday as we bring you a special hump day happy hour edition of the podcast, bringing you two back-to-back comedy shows from the golden age of radio. Stay safe, hold on to your marbles, and we'll see you again soon on the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. La, 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 la.